Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. And let's go to Mark chapter 4 tonight. And we want to continue with something that I've been teaching over the last few weeks entitled Turn to the Word. And um, hallelujah, we are working on a building. And as we get into this, there's some things you have to always remember. Uh, And the first thing is that you have a covenant. You have a covenant with Almighty God, a covenant that He initiated. Now, most people, when they hear you talk about covenant, yes, that's right, hallelujah, praise the Lord, have no concept of what having a covenant with Almighty God means. Uh, Because if you realize that God initiated a covenant with our father in the faith, Abraham, and then brought us into that covenant, and that's the basis of our relationship with God, when you believe that, that, that what he did in, in that covenant fashion, when you believe that, the only thing left is believing. Because he can't lie. The, the book of Hebrews is what wraps it up. He said this. He said that because God could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of the sky in multitude and the sands of the seashore to be innumerable. And he said this. He said, so that we could see that by two unchangeable things, it was impossible for God to lie. What were they? His word and his oath. Well, God gave his word, and he can't lie. Why did he swear an oath? If he can't lie, why did he cut a covenant? Why did he swear an oath? To show to man, the Bible says, to show to man the immutability of his counsel, the unchangeableness of his counsel. The Bible says that when two people enter into an agreement, that the greater is the satisfaction for both parties. God's the greater in every circumstance. And so the greater approached Abraham and made a covenant with him the greater approached you and brought you into the covenant. And so when you say, I have a covenant, there's absolutely no way that what you're believing for cannot happen. Because God can't lie. And there's blood that ties every... God put everything he is on the line when he made that covenant. See, we read these verses, and, and, and we don't put it in the covenant context. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Then he said, not one jot, not one dotting of the I, not one tittle, not one crossing of the T will pass away 
or heaven and earth will pass away. Heaven will cease to be if the word changes. Why? Because God has tied everything that he is to what he promised. My job is in simple faith, just believe it. You've got the easy part. Just believe a God who cannot lie. I have a covenant with God. There's blood between me and God. That's, that's when my life changed. That's when my believing changed. And when you see God standing in covenant blood swearing to you that, that everything that you're believing him for will surely come to pass. Then the issue settled. The only thing I have to do is believe him. Amen. A covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. It's a requirement for strong faith. The Bible says Abraham was strong in faith because he knew who he was in covenant with. God is your covenant partner, but he initiated the covenant. It was his idea. That's why he wants you to believe him. If you're believing God for finances... Listen, you're not going to produce the finances. Your, your covenant partner is the one that has the money. Your job is to believe him. Faith doesn't have that many moving parts. If, if you come to understand that, faith doesn't have that many moving parts. It's not that complicated. People complicate it. Here's the essence of faith. I believe God. That's the essence of faith. That's the essence of faith. Now, I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that you put your bills under the rug and that you don't act like they exist and you just say everything's going to be okay and don't worry about it. Everything's going to... Listen, if you're going to believe God, you're going to put time in in the covenant manual. You're going to do what he said in Isaiah 62 and you're going to give him no rest day or night. You're going to be seeking the covenant manual, seeking the covenant promises and taking it to God on a consistent basis and say, hey, covenant partner, this is what the word says. This is what you promised and this is what I'm expecting. Just want you to know that's what I'm expecting. Amen. This is so important. In any situation under consideration, we ask ourselves, what does the Word say? Because the Word is always the higher truth. Amen. And deserving of the greater respect. In any situation. Where, where the Word is concerned, we have to answer two basic questions. Number one, what does the Word say? What does the Word say? And then secondly, what do I believe about what the Word says? Because just because the word says it is no indication that I believe it. What do I believe about what the word says? Hallelujah. Many do not know what the word says. Therefore, they don't know what they believe about what the word says. And they don't know what to expect about what the word says. Amen. Many know what the Word says and choose not to believe it. Belief or unbelief is a choice. I mean, there can be ignorant unbelief, but you're still in unbelief and it's still a choice. That, 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 that's why you got to make a choice. you got to choose. 
right? No, no matter what may happen, you're, you're believing God for victory uh, in an area, and it doesn't look like there's victory. You got to choose victory. You got to choose victory. You may, you may go not expecting a bad report and get a bad report where you got to choose the good report. That's what you've got to choose. You got to choose it, right? Because if, if it's going to come to pass, it's going to be because I chose it. It's going to be because I chose that report. Amen. And, and, and I want to say this very plainly. I, listen, I'm not teaching this like some fly-by-night newbie. I've been doing this for 30 years. And I'm telling you that when, you, when, when things are not going the way they should be going, you got to choose what the Word says in spite of how it's going. That's not denial. That's not, that's not you saying it's not there. You got to choose the report of the word. Whose report will you believe? Then I got to choose that. Is that right? Amen. You can go to the doctor and get a bad report. Well, the bad report's there. It's there. It's evident. It's there. You got to choose what the word says. If, if you believe the word, you got to choose what the word says. Well, I see that. I know it's there. I recognize that. But I choose to say I'm healed. I choose to say I have the victory. I choose to say, right? I choose to say my children are living for God. I choose to say my finances are in order. I cho- I, that's what I choose. And you can't change what I choose. If I choose it, you can't change it. The devil can't change it. Nobody can change it. And what I choose is what comes to pass. Amen. See, that's why you don't ever want to let your believing be up to the disposal of somebody else. You need to be doing the choosing. I said, you need to be doing the choosing. Yeah, but they told me I ought to think this way. Well, how, do, how, how does the Bible say you should think? You got you to gotta be doing the choosing. It's, it's your life. It's your future. It's what God wants for you. It's your finances. It's your family. It's your body. You got to make the choice. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Oh, glory to God. Amen. Do you see that? All, always agree with the word. Always agree with the word. Yeah, but I'm really going through something. I know, but it's going to end. Always agree with the word. Now, see, that sounds simple, but that's the fight of faith. Is you agreeing with the word. That's keeping your shield of faith up. That, that's keeping yourself in the game. You understand? Always choosing the word. Always agreeing with the word. Whatever the word says, I agree with that. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at Mark. Did you find Mark 4? Always agree with the word. Mark 4 and verse 14. Notice what it says. It says the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. So the understood subject here is the word. And we see in this chapter different things. We see how, number one, how the word is sown. Uh, we see the enemies of the word. We see how the word is stolen or given away in Mark chapter 4. 
Now in verse 20, Jesus makes a statement and he says, and these are they that are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Now the word produces a harvest in those that hear it. And in some it's 30-fold. In some it's 60-fold. In some it's 100-fold. Now why would he give us those three returns? And it's not because of what religion says. Well, there are 30-fold Christians, 60-fold Christians, and 100-fold Christians. No. Everybody can be a 100-fold Christian. Everybody can be a 100-fold receiver. There's, there's a key that Jesus gives us. Notice verse 21. And he said, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, not to be set on a candlestick? There's nothing hid that will not be manifested. Now, right there, what people always do is they pull that out of its setting and they use that in the context of sin or wrongdoing. You better watch out, brother. There's nothing hid that won't be manifest. It's not what he's talking about. The context is the word. The context from verse 20 never changed. Would that be right? Verse 21 starts with and, which is a what? A conjunction. It's connecting the two thoughts. Verse 22 starts with four. Same thing. It's connecting the two thoughts. Verse 23, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Hear what? The word. And he said unto them, take heed what you hear. With the measure you measure, it will be measured to you. And unto you that hear, more will be given. He that hath to him shall be given. He that hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he has. Nothing in the word is hidden from us. Nothing. Now you have to dig. You have to mine it. You have to get in it. You have to search for it, but it's there. Nothing is hidden from us. God's not keeping anything back or, or hiding anything. Amen? The results of the word in our lives are determined by the effort we put into receiving the word. They're determined by the effort that we put into receiving the word. The Amplified Bible says uh, of verse 24, and he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. So he says, take heed. Well, that word take heed, it means understand or perceive. That takes effort. To understand something, to perceive something requires effort. And Jesus said, to the degree of thought and study we give to the word is the degree the word produces in our life. So it's, it's not just finding a verse and confessing it. It's giving my attention to it. It's giving my attention to it. So the 30, 60, and 100 fold are the return amounts based on the attention given to the word by the hearer. 
So there are people that give enough thought and attention to the word to receive a hundredfold return on what they heard. Or a 60-fold return or a 30-fold return. Now all of those will change your life. You never want to get in the word just to know the word. Just to get knowledge. You're getting in the word to change things. That, that's the key. That, that's the key. In, in James chapter 1, we're back on Wednesday nights plowing deep. There's been a lot of shallow plowing over the last couple of years here. I'm, I'm working on a building. We're changing some things. You hear what I'm saying? We're coming, we're coming back up to the level that we ought to be on. Hallelujah. James chapter 1 and verse 22, notice what he says. He says, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. If any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He beholds himself, goes his way, and forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now notice, it says, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. That word, when it, he uses that word looketh, it means to look or to inspect. Well, that's the beginning. Looking into the word. Inspecting the word. That's the beginning. That's, that's the elementary stages. Then he says, and he continues in it. It means to persevere or to abide. That's what produces results from the work. Not just looking into it. All of us have had people before, we've talked to them about a problem, and they would say, maybe you work for someone, and they'd say, oh, I'll look into it. And maybe they did or maybe they didn't, right? But the way you change things is you persevere. You abide in the Word. That's what produces results from the Word is the abiding. Hallelujah. So many look into or inspect the word, and that's where they stop. They look into it. They inspect it. They try it. Right? They, 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 they give being word of faith a shot. Right? Until, until they find out that being word of faith is actually work. You got to stay in the word and stay with the word. 
it, listen, if I had a nickel for all the people that came and left this church, I'd, listen, I'd be richer than I am. I'm a rich man anyway, but, right? I'd be richer, you're rich too, uh, richer than I am. Hallelujah. Because it's, it's the word. No one has ever left this church because they got offended at me. They got offended at the word. Got offended at the word, not at me. They, they might have blamed me, but it was the word. There's been people leave the church and blamed you. Did you know it? It was actually the word. Hallelujah. The last five blamed Buzz. They were all women, and he wouldn't marry them, and so that was, that was the problem. <laughs> Glory to God. You say, what was that? A big old lie. It was a big lie. <laughs> Glory to God. But it was fun. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love you, Buster. Now, many look into the Word or inspect the Word, and that's where they stop. They look into it. They inspect it. And that's where they stop. I, I Listen, I remember one time I had a person that, that they, they came to church here. They actually came to a healing school. And they'd been diagnosed with cancer throughout their body. And, and there, there's an endowment on this ministry, anointing on this ministry to deal with cancer. And, and we see it all the time. Uh, but I laid hands on this person. And the power of God, I mean, it, it cracked in the atmosphere. And uh, he got up saying, I, I'm different. And within two days, he was at the doctor, and the doctor said those tumors are shrinking, and, and all these things are going away. And that, that, listen, that was so exciting to him. It was so exciting to his family. But what I always encourage people, okay, the healing power has started. Now, you got to get in the Word and facilitate it. you got to keep it going. you got to keep it going. Don't, don't just look into it. I say, don't just look into it. Persevere with it. Abide in it. Amen. You know, we, we sell all kind of material back here for you to get into the Word of God. We, we sell Charles Capps, God's Created Power Booklet, and, and all these different things. But folks, listen, that book is not a substitute for you opening your Bible on a daily basis and looking at the Scripture in the Bible. It's a supplement to what you need to be believing God about. Does that make sense? Because you're abiding in the Word. You don't abide in God's created power book. You abide in the Word. That's a supplement. I Listen, I use it. I got it in my bag. I use it. But what I'm trying to explain to you is, is I know there are people that that, that they will grab that little book as wonderful as it is and it becomes a substitute for the Word. You got to know the scriptures that those confessions are based off of. You don't run the devil off with a confession, you run him off with the word. What does the word say? It's so important. Hallelujah. And 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 I'll reiterate, I confess, Mike, I confess out of that booklet all the time. All right? His his daughter's a very good friend of ours. And, but the point that I'm trying to make is even he would say, you're not going to have it just because you're confessing it. You're going to have it because you're believing for it. This is so important. Look, look back over here at Mark 4 again. 
Hallelujah. And what, see, I trust that you're doing these things, but my job is to put you in remembrance. That's my job. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mark 4, verse 16. Notice it says, These are they that are sown on stony ground. When they've heard the word, immediately they receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction, persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Now, this is a picture of the believer who looks at the word or inspects the word. They just look into it, but doesn't persevere or abide in the word. Listen, most I, I can look around here and most everybody in here, I've, I've walked with you through some life-altering time in your life. At some point, I've walked with you, whether it's, whether it's the passing of a family member, uh, a financial situation, a health circumstance, we've walked together through it. So I can say this without fear of being wrong. It's not if you face something, it's when you face something. You're, you're going to face things. Now, th why is this so important? Because that's when your perseverance and your abiding in the Word becomes so important. No, notice what happened here. The Weist Bible says, these and these are on the same principle interpretation. Those who being sown on ground full of rocks, who whenever they hear the word, immediately with joy receive it, and they do not have rootage in themselves, but last only for a time. No root. It takes time to put down roots. Takes time. Time. Right? You know, when, 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 you're, when you're a child, you, Lily and I planted some cucumbers and uh, uh, watermelons last year during, uh, well, been this year, but the last part of the growing season. And uh, Lily was like, you know, in a couple days we started seeing the sprouts. And she was like, "Woo! in just a few days we'll have cucumbers. I'm like, well, it'll be more in a few but we'll just keep, watch, we'll just keep watering the seed, right? And, and the day came, the vine started growing. And then that, right? But that was what? That was a couple weeks. And then after another couple weeks, the flowers started showing up. And I said, Lily, look, that's, that's going to be where the cucumber comes from, the flower. That's evidence. By then she was like, I'm done. Sprout, vine, flowers, who cares? I want to see a cucumber. So I just stayed excited about that. And, and, and then one morning, you know, one morning I came out and on the vine, there was a little cucumber about that long growing. I ran in and got her. I said, come out and look, cucumber. Oh, she was so excited. Can we pick it? No. Because it's right. Yeah, but how long will it take? It won't take very long. Was, but again, she was done. You, what, what do you have to do? You've got to stay with it. It took some time for that vine to grow and for the fruit to show up. 
But once it showed up, it sure was good eating. Amen. The Word will always produce your desired results. You just got to stay with it. Hallelujah. See, the key phrase here is they, but last only for a time. They last only for a time. They didn't continue to turn to the Word. What should they have done? Now watch. What should they have done when persecution and affliction came for the Word's sake? Turn to the Word. What is affliction? Trouble. What's persecution? Pressure. Turn to the Word. Turn to the Word. Amen. Folks, I've been under so much pressure sometimes, I would look at the Word and, and, and it looked like the words were just running together. But I had to keep turning to the Word. I told somebody, I told somebody this morning, I, I said, listen, listen, nobody will ever know the pressure that my wife and I are under right now, right now, tonight, while I stand here before you. Nobody will ever know. I'm not saying that for any other reason to, to indicate. you got to turn to the Word. It, what does the Word say? It may not be financial pressure. It might be, phys, it might be health. It might not be health. It might be finances. It might not be health or finances. It might be your family. But whatever it is, got to keep turning to the Word. You got to persevere in the word. Amen. Because the 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 and listen, the, the, the enemy's trying to get you to spend up your spiritual energy on worry. God's trying to get you to build up your spiritual energy by getting in the word. Well, hallelujah. Now, that's so important. And so when the pressure's on, you turn to the word. Because why? Notice, notice what it's after. He's after the word. So Sunday morning, I'm going to be ministering on, on uh, Israel versus the world, a spiritual conflict. But, but here's the thing I want you to see. What's the enemy always trying to do? People will say, move you away from the word. He's trying to prove to you that the word doesn't work. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to prove to you that God is wrong and trying to get you to not believe God. That's why you got to keep turning to the Word. It is, isn't it interesting? You know, Job said this twice. And, and uh, you know, when people talk about the book of Job, they, they, they make a lot of mistakes there. But here's the thing. The first time that you see Job say this, was when the, when, when the devil destroyed his, his, uh, uh, his herds and took all of his physical things away. Amen. And Job said at the end of that chapter, he said, well, I came in naked to the earth and I'll leave naked. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it says, in all these things, Job didn't charge God foolishly or sin with his lips. Well, why do we hear that Job sinned with his lips? And the Bible says he didn't. Well, he had to. He blamed God. He blamed God because that's all he knew about. He didn't know anything about the devil. 
But notice, notice his response. He gave it, and I think he took it. Blessed be his name. See, Job didn't have a Bible. He didn't have John 10.10 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What was he doing? Turning to what he knew. Right? Then, then his children died in the next chapter. The devil killed them. And his wife came to Job as he's sitting there with boils from head to toe on the ash heap of what used to be his life. And his wife said, do you still retain your integrity? Just go ahead and curse God and die. And he said, what are we supposed to do? Receive good at his hand, and then when we get something bad, curse him? I won't do it. Now, I'm saying this for a reason. What was the devil trying to do? It wasn't about Job. It was about, jo it was about him trying to prove God wrong. Do you understand this? And when you keep turning to the word, you're turning to the higher truth. What deserves the greater respect. Amen. And you don't let the devil move you away from the word of God. Glory to God. So the power to overcome the affliction and persecution that came because of the word was in the word. But the hearer didn't stay with it. Hallelujah. No word of God is void of power to bring itself to pass. Amen. That's why whatever you're dealing with, it's going to get better. You just keep turning to the word. I'm not talking about just getting through it. I'm talking about you're turning to the word and the word is fixing it. Hallelujah. Look at James 1. See, because to be people of the word, we're people of the word regardless. Hallelujah. James 1 and 25. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now, when we think forgetful hearer, we think forgetting the word. Just like we forget our car keys or forget something. The word forgetful, it actually means negligence. A negligent hearer. Negligence is a choice. That the, the person I was telling you about that, that God touched their body and, and did such a, a work and 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 uh, you know uh, that cancer started coming back. And you know, I, I'm one of these people, I don't I don't just rely on pat answers. I don't say, well, that's what happened last time, so that must be what happened this time. So I, didn't, I don't just immediately say, well, that's why. I want to know why. And so, right, so that cancer came back to the point that uh, 
Now, he ended up dying with it. And uh, I found out. I began to ask the Lord what, what was going on, and I began to find out. In the beginning, after that had, had the healing power begin to work in his life, boy, he was in the Word. He was confessing the Scriptures. He was doing what needed to be done. But then after a while, he quit confessing the Scriptures, quit putting the effort in, and he would sit in his chair and let his wife speak the Scripture over him or the confession. You understand? What was he doing? Neglecting the word. You hear me? Neglecting the word. Whatever you're dealing with, your job is being the word. That's your job. All right? Negligence. Hallelujah. The Lord said to me, the word is so important because it contains your covenant. And every promise is a blood-sworn oath for your good and for your victory. Your part is in simple faith, believe in, and stand on your covenant. That's your part. So for many, the word's not working because of neglect. Now, again, I'm not saying that's you. I'm saying preventive medicine. Don't neglect the word. Hallelujah. Why? Because the measure of thought and attention you give to the word is the measure it comes back. Nothing just changes for people. Nothing just gets better. I have a hand in it. I have a part to play. It bothers me when I hear people say, oh, I'm not worried about that. God's got it. Well, I understand you're not supposed to worry, but that kind of flippant attitude bothers me. And I'll tell you why it bothers me. It shows me a lack of perseverance. In other words, I don't have to do anything. God's got it. God doesn't have it if you're neglecting the word. God does not have it if you're not persevering in the word. He doesn't. I, I can tell you, I've, I've watched this over the last 30 years time and time and time and time again. He doesn't have it if you're neglecting the Word. Because he said, I got to believe what the Word says. I got to believe it, confess it out of my mouth in order for things to change. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? I asked somebody one time, they said, uh, they said, I'm not worried about that. You know, God's got it. I said, have you asked? Well, I mean, God's got it. Not if you haven't asked. Because he said, I got to ask. Jesus said three different times, John 14, 15, and 16. Whatever you ask in my name, the Father will do it for you. So I can't expect to get something in his name if I'm not asking for it. Amen. Now, see, that's, that's straightforward, but that answers your question why there are people that you know that sit up under the same word you sit up under and know the same things you know, and their life is different than your life, and it's not better, it's worse. It's because what they're hearing, they're neglecting. They're, they're, they're neglecting it. 
The greater danger is, listen, the, the, the danger when you come to a church like this is what you hear you're responsible for. Amen. Do you see that? This is so important. I know I'm saying that a lot, but it's vital. Don't neglect the word. And, and the pressure that you may be under, understand what it's after. The Bible says it's after the word. It's after the word. So that's why you don't neglect the word. Do, do you see that? Now, hallelujah. The word will not stop, will not stop working as long as we maintain our attention on it. You maintain your attention on the word, it will not stop working. Because it's supernatural. It's the word contains the power to bring itself to pass. I don't bring the word to pass. The word brings itself to pass. I, I believe the word. Hallelujah. And that's, and that's why, as, as for instance, as we're coming to the closing time of, of 2023, now is the time for you to begin looking over the last year and say, okay, where, where did I let up? Where did I let my foot off the accelerator? And I'm not doing that next year, right? What, whatever it may be. I've got those areas, and if I got them, I know you got them. So, I'm joking, but you understand, right? I mean, I think everybody in here but Jeremy would say that's the truth. I, I just, <laughs> I'm picking on Jeremy. Amen. Do, do you see that? The Lord said to us about 2024, and if you've picked up your card, but uh, he said uh, 2024, the second paragraph, he said it will require spiritual maturity, and it will require that believers grow and he said in four things, in the word, in the spirit, in love, and in peace. The number one thing that he said we have to grow in is the word. In 2024, there is no sissy baby Christians. You understand? We, we, in, in 2024, we got to put away the pampers and push into what God wants us to have. In 2024, it's not about us. Amen. It's about what God wants to do in the lives of people and what he wants to do in, in, in what he's called you to do. Whatever it may be. Does that make sense? And how, how are we going to do that? In the word. Because the word won't stop working as I maintain my attention to it. Hallelujah. Did you see that? You know, there are things that you got to maintain your attention. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, when you first bring a baby home, that baby's got all the attention. And you got to maintain the attention. Right? Because they need you to feed it, to burp it, to change it, to clean it. Right? And that baby's got all your attention. And you don't mind because you realize they can't help themselves. 
So when they cry and wake you up at 2 o'clock in the morning, you get up, and you don't go in there and go, what in the world's wrong with you? Waking people up at 2 o'clock in the morning? Because all you're going to get is, ah, that's all you're going to get. Because that's how they, right? That's what they know to do. But they got your attention. And you understand for them to grow and mature and do what they're supposed to do and be healthy, they need your attention. For the word to grow and mature and be able to do what it needs to do in your life, it has to have your attention. It has to have your attention. Hallelujah. And, and I'm just, and, and you do whatever you want to do because it's not my job to tell you what you have to do. But, you know, I've, I've been saying this, especially to, to some of the men that I meet with. I have so little time for things that have no eternal value. There, there are people that I know that are going through things that they need the word to be working for them. And they'll take, take four hours, six hours out of a Sunday and watch football, and they need an answer. I'm not against football. Listen, I am a Chiefs fan, all right? Boo, they just say whatever they want. One five is the ruler of Chiefs' kingdom, all right? But here's my point. Here's my point. If you need something from the Word, I'll be quite frank with you. You don't have six hours to give to something else. You just don't have it. Amen. When, when my wife and I needed to come out of financial poverty, we knew it was going to take something drastic. And it wasn't just confessing the Scripture. We did that. I turned the TV around backwards and pushed the, the, the screen up against the wall and we took a cover and covered it up. And we told our children we're not watching anything for 40 days because we need God to move in this situation. And that's what we did. I'm not telling you you got to do it for 40 days, but I'm telling you that was the jump start. That was the beginning. I'm turning to the Word. You understand? Because we reach this place where we want to come up and sow a seed and have somebody agree with us, and we should do that. But that's the beginning. That's the beginning. Then you go back home and you say, okay, Father, covenant partner, I have sowed the seed. Now I'm expecting the multiplication of the harvest. And this is what your word says about that. And what do you do? You pester him night and day. With what? His word. His word. Can you say amen? amen? You pester him with his word. That's all the notes I haven't preached yet. <laughs> Glory to God. I got a lot of Wednesday nights in the back of my Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that, you hear me? That's the beginning. That's the beginning. That's the beginning. That's not the end. That's the beginning. You, you sowed your seed, you're believing God, now you get in the Word and you stay with it. I say you stay with it. That, that, listen, that's what's made an even keel for my wife and I. 
That's why over the last 25 years that we've been pastoring this church, you don't see any extremes in our life because the word provides an even keel to you. I've taught you for years that what? We'll never be broke another day in our life. You'll never be broke another day in your life. You'll never suffer shortage or lack again. How can I say that? I can say that, number one, on the basis of the word, and I can say that, number two, based on the anointing you're connected to. If you're connected to me and my wife, I'm telling you, you can't go under. You can't. You can't fail hooked up to this church. You can't. This is so important. So that's the beginning. Then you stay with the word because the word continually brings itself to pass. And, and uh, I got three minutes, so I'll wrap this up. That's, folks, that's why you got to watch attitudes. You got to watch feelings. You got to watch mindsets. All right? Attitudes. You got you to you keep your attitude straight. Amen. Because when you get an ugly attitude, it violates the word. I've, I've had to learn that over the years. Amen. I, uh, well, how long ago was it now? I'm trying to remember the months were running together. But maybe four weeks now, uh, we, had to, we had to get a, a, a new vehicle. So we went and bought a new vehicle. So I had it a week. Two weeks to the day that I bought it, I'm in the Kroger parking lot. I went to buy some stuff for, gross, for dinner that I had forgot. It was Taco Tuesday, and I had to go get some things for Taco Tuesday. And, uh, and, and, and I'm pulling out of Kroger parking lot, and a young girl that works at Kroger wasn't watching what she was doing. She backed into me. One, two weeks to the day that I bought that car. Amen. It's my new car. You don't have a new car. You get my new car. Oh, my goodness. Now, watch. This is so important. When I reached for the latch on my door, I knew right here, the way you respond to this is going to determine how God can respond to this. So I got out and shut the door and <sighs> walked around there and looked at it, and it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Bad enough. And, and when you know it, then she had an attitude. He said, what'd you have to do? I had to, I said, now, young lady, I said, you hit me, so I'm going to call the police. Now, I didn't tell her, but I'm going to sit right here behind you and not let you leave. Amen. Well, now, now, listen, a week, two weeks after that happened, her insurance company called me, called me the day before I drove up here for Brother Jerry's meeting. They called me, at her insurance company, and said, well, we're going to accept 100% liability. So praise God. And everything went the way it was supposed to go. But listen, how you respond is going to determine how God can respond. Yeah, but that person, that person angers me. Don't let them. You've got too much on the line. you got too much on the line. Yeah, but they did me wrong. Don't worry about that. The Bible says pay no attention to a suffered wrong. you got too much on the line. You got to keep turning to the word. What does the word say? Soft answer turns away wrath. 
what does the word say? Do good unto them, despitefully use and persecute you. Pray for your enemies. Amen. I got a text not too long ago from a person, and they cussed me out. They just, they cussed me out. Called me everything but a good fellow. Amen. I didn't know you could have so many creative uses for the F word. I had no idea. They were very creative. Amen. People say, what did you do? I deleted it. Why? I don't have time. I got too much on the line to get upset. You got to keep turning to the word. I say you got to keep turning to the word. Amen. You got to keep turning to the word. So your attitude, your, 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 uh, you got to watch offense. Don't, don't allow it. Don't allow it. Not for a minute. You got, you got too much on the line. And we're not just talking about offense, you know, like offense, that person upset me. No, you're not going to be offended, you're not going to borrow offense, and you're not going to be an offense. Why? Because you got too much on the line. Is that right? I don't know what everybody's got on the line, but I know some of what you got on the line. You need the word working 100% of the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Amen. And in all, my wife was talking to me today on the way down here, and she said, Philip, I've watched you respond over the last few months to those things, those attacks of the enemy on our life. She said, I've watched you respond to those. She said, God's going to reward you. God is going to reward me because when you act according to the word of God, you, amen, you got to stay with it. I'm telling you these things because I want you to understand something. Nobody is immune from pressure. Nobody is immune from things trying to, to go sideways. Right? You're, you're going to have those moments when, when, when things try to go sideways on you. Stick with the Word. The Word will straighten them out. Hallelujah. Yeah, but I don't like it. Nobody does. Nobody likes it. Nobody wants it. Amen. I've been through things before that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. I don't know who my worst enemy is, but I wouldn't wish it on him. Amen. And I wouldn't take a million dollars to go through it again. But right on the other hand, I wouldn't take a million dollars for it because I learned so much about the power of the word. That's why I can tell you, weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning because the word says so. Isn't that wonderful? I say, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great? Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's good. Now, you can preach on Wednesday night. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Let's stand up tonight, shall we? Let's say some things before we go home. Hallelujah. And, you know, Wednesday nights are just going to grow and grow. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Say, in the name of Jesus, I choose to turn to the Word. Father, my covenant partner, I believe in every circumstance your Word is the answer. And so I choose to turn to the Word. Right now, I declare 
All the finances I need. Come to me now. All the finances that this church needs, that our ministry needs, comes to us now. I declare my body is well and whole, healed by the power of God. I declare my family, my children, my grandchildren, they are saved, full of the Holy Ghost, and living for God. I declare everything, everything, everything is going my way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good?